It's the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Sean Del Grand. And we've got over 800 brand new Mazdas with outstanding incentives, like low monthly lease payments and low APR financing. Yep, it's just a great time to buy. So don't miss the Memorial Day sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Financing on approval of credit. You're listening to the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Star! Star! The San Jose Sharks proudly present Sharks Hockey Digest. Here's your host, Dan Rusinowski. From SAP Center at San Jose, San Jose Sharks Hockey has an important announcement to bring the 10th head coach in the history of the San Jose Sharks, David Quinn, before the media today at a special news conference in the South Bay. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Thanks a lot for being with us today. Very special day in the history of the San Jose Sharks as Mike Greer, general manager of the hockey team, making his decision on hiring the former New York Rangers head coach, David Quinn to be the head coach of the San Jose Sharks. David has successfully coached at several different levels in his hockey career, including with Team USA on the international stage at the Olympics and leading the team in the World Championships to the bronze medal game. He was head coach at Boston University, has tremendous experience, and has coached some young players to become at the very top of their game. Most notably, Adam Fox of the New York Rangers, whom he coached and later won the Norris Trophy as the best defenseman in the entire National Hockey League. Right now, we have Kyle Stutzel from the San Jose Sharks Media Organization getting set to start the news conference, and in just a few moments, we will head right over there. They're all gathering on the podium in the concourse at SAP Center, kind of a traditional place, and let us go to that right now. Good morning, everyone. My name is Kyle Stutzel. I'm the Media Relations Manager of the San Jose Sharks. I'd like to welcome those here in attendance at SAP Center and those who are watching today on all of our Sharks digital platforms, including the Sharks plus SCP Center app, presented by Western Digital, NBCSportsCalifornia.com, and of course, listening on the Sharks Audio Network. In just a moment, we will start with some prepared remarks from Sharks General Manager Mike Greer. At that point, we will introduce today's distinguished guest. Following the prepared remarks from those here at the podium, we will open it up for questions from our media members here. At the end of the Q&A, we will have a photo opportunity with our two guests at the front of the stage. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Sharks General Manager, Mike Greer. Well, I'd like to thank everyone for coming out here today. Um, It's a big moment, not only for myself and for the organization. Um, We're very excited about the direction where we've been heading and everyone's been been great putting on a lot of work to kind of get get this thing started and um and a big piece of this is is what's happening today so um thank you all for coming i'm extremely proud and very happy to announce the next coach of the san jose sharks david quinn Thank you, Mike. First, uh, I'd like to thank Jonathan, Mike, Joe Will, and Mr. Plattner for an incredible opportunity to be the next coach of the San Jose Sharks. Um, 
you know, this isn't an easy profession in a lot of ways, and the people that are really as hard on as your family, and unfortunately my mother couldn't be here today, nor could my sister and her children, but I'm very fortunate to have my wife here, my stepson, Max, here. Uh, unfortunately, Ryan and Sydney couldn't be here, but this isn't an easy profession, and you don't get to this point without the support of the people in your life and your family uh, to support you along the way. Um, you know, when you have a moment like this in your life, you think about the people that help you get here. And I think about the people in my life that have helped me uh, through some difficult times, my former coaches, Larry Piatelli and Peter Bragdon at the Kent School and at Boston University, Jack Parker, uh, Ben Smith, who gave me my first coaching job at Northeastern University all the way back in 1993. And uh, I've been very fortunate in my coaching career, no more fortunate than I am today to be the next head coach of the San Jose Sharks. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, drew me to this job was an opportunity to work with Mike. Uh, Mike and I have known each other for a long time. Uh, I've got a tremendous amount of respect for him professionally, but more importantly, personally. Um, and I, you know, with an opportunity like this to work with Mike and Joe and Jonathan, uh, we certainly know what's in store for us and ahead, and ahead of us but we want to bring back that winning culture that has been here for a long, long time. And I know the last three years have been difficult, but I also think that's been a byproduct of the success that the Sharks have had over the last 15 to 20 years. Sometimes you go through a little bit of a dip when you've been as successful as the Sharks have for such a long period of time. Uh, when I got the news I was going to be the next head coach here, I was with my college roommate, John Cullen, who played 13 years in the National Hockey League. And the first thing he said to me was, when I was in the NHL, there was not a better building to play in than SAP Arena. And, you know, as an opposing coach, I remember when I took the Ranger job and you talked to people about, you know, going on the road and which buildings were fun to play in, this certainly was one of the first buildings that was mentioned. And uh, it certainly held true my first year coaching the Rangers coming in here. Uh, with the enthusiasm and the passion of our fan base, uh, we certainly are going to put together a team that you'll be proud of, one that you'll want to watch, and uh, I can't wait to get going because this is, like I said, Mike has done some good things here in the first few weeks. We're very optimistic about the team we're going to have this coming season, and I can't wait to get going. So again, I want to thank Mike, Jonathan, Joe, Mr. Platner for this incredible opportunity, and I can't wait for uh, training camp to roll around. Thank you. We'll now open it up for Q&A to those media members in the audience here at SAP Center. Since the conference is being broadcast, we ask that you utilize the wireless mics provided. If you simply just want to raise your hand, we can call on you. Go to Curtis. Hi, David. Uh, Curtis Pischalka from the Bay Area Scoople. Sorry. <laughs> I'm not sure how much you've had a chance to look at the Sharks this past season, how they played, but... What were your impressions of the Sharks, and what do you want to implement when you when you start training camp in the fall? Well, for my end of it, you know, one of the things we want to be is a tenacious, fast team, a team that plays on top of people, taking away time and space, a structured team that plays with freedom. And, you know, when the trading deadline happened this year, there were only four points out of a playoff spot. So, you know, we feel that with some improvements along the way, uh, we'd be in a great position moving forward here this coming season. But... You know, it's every coach, I've never heard a coach say he wants to play slow. So we certainly want to play an up-tempo style, a tenacious style, an aggressive style, and an ultra-competitive team. 
What did you learn from your first coaching job with the Rangers that you can, that experience that you could help you in your, in your second coaching job here in the NHL? Well, I think every year a season ends, I mean, coaches are always trying to get better. So, you know, one of the things that I think you learn is just managing personalities, you know, when to stay on top of people, when to back off. And, you know, I think every coach goes through that in this league and every league and at any level. I mean, to me, the number one responsibility I have as a coach here is managing our players, putting them in a position to have the most success they possibly can, making them the best players they can possibly be. And sometimes you're going to be hard on them and sometimes you lay off them. And I think you're always trying to find that balance as a coach. David, Shang Peng, San Jose Hockey Now. Congratulations. Thank you. I wanted to ask you uh, first, um, you said in a recent interview, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that the one thing you regret from your time coaching the Rangers is that in some ways, maybe you went away from being yourself at the end there. So can you kind of uh, speak to that a little bit? Yeah, I think it's a, you know, especially at this level, everyone asked me, you know, what's the biggest difference between college hockey and the NHL? And it really wasn't the coaching. It's, you know, the amount of people that are involved in the organization and, you know, I'm a very collaborative person. I want opinions. I want, I want input from people. And sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming. And you start maybe getting away from your personality and doing the things you normally do. And, you know, I think that's one of the things I learned in New York is, you know, balancing the information, balancing the opinions you're getting from people and really coach to your, to your personality. And, you know, that has put me in a position to, to get to where I am today, and I think that's very important for anybody, no matter what you're doing in life, you know, coach to your personality. Uh, what do you think the Sharks team needs to do to make the playoffs? Well, as Mike and I talked about, you know, I think a lot of the answers are in their locker room. If we can get everybody to be just a little bit better, you know, we're not asking a guy to go from five goals to 40. You know, we're not asking a guy to do things he's not capable of doing, but what we want everybody to do is do the things they can do just a little bit better. And if you've got 23 people being 5 to 10% better, that's the difference between making the playoffs and not. And uh, Mike, a couple of questions. Uh, what made uh, David stand out among the coaching candidates that you had? Well, he had two uh, terrific interviews with Joe and myself. And, uh, you know, I think he's had a lot of experience at, at many different levels, which was something, you know, meant a lot to me. Um, I have a comfort with him as a professionally and as a as a friend but you know more importantly I think I think you see the job he did with the group he had at the Olympics and at the world championships he got he got a ton out of those players I think everyone would agree it wasn't neither one of those teams were highly skilled team I think the Olympic team was the youngest team in the tournament um, they went undefeated through the the preliminary round and you know I think guys are always for the most part better in their second job I mean you and Curtis have talked about it the things he's learned from his first job and I think he's a better coach for that Ranger experience and you know we have some big personalities on our on our team and you look at the guys he had to deal with in New York um, Panarin was third in the MVP balloting when uh, Quinny was coaching Adam Fox won the Norris Mika had his best season up until I think maybe this year he ended up passing it with his playoff performance, but he had his best season under Quinney. So um, he gets the most out of his best players. He knows how to he knows how to manage his best players, um, and he believes in some of the player development principles that that I believe in. So we when it, when I put it all together, he he was really the best choice for this job. 
And uh, you know, your times in uh, New York didn't uh, uh, coincide, but you know, did you speak with anybody uh, back there about uh, David's time with the Rangers, be it Chris Drury or anybody else, and what did they have to say? Uh, yeah, of course I talked with those guys, but you know, those conversations I have with Drew and management over there will stay private. And, uh, but yes, yeah, so I, I talked to them about Quinny, and they all had, had very, very good, positive things to say about him. Hey, David, Mark Rikolovich, Bay Area Sports Rep. You know, you mentioned how you wanted a, a tenacious, fast team to, to, to play for you. Can you expand a little bit more on your coaching philosophy, and uh, do you believe that this group of players you have right now will be able to buy into that? I couldn't hear the first part of the question. I said you, you mentioned how you had a more tenacious, wanted a tenacious, fast team to play for you. Right. And I said if you can expand on your coaching philosophy a little bit more, just to let us know, uh, you know, how you're going to be able to coach this team, and will the, this group of players be able to buy in? Yeah. Well, my coaching philosophy has always been uh, relationship driven. Yeah, I don't care what you do in life if you don't have a connection to the people that you're leading, whether you're a manager of an office or coaching a hockey team. Uh, you're not going to get the most out of people. And that's been the foundation of my coaching philosophy, regardless of the level I've coached at. And when, you know, the people you're leading know you care about them and want what's best for them, you've got a much better chance to get the most out of them. And everything we do, our players are going to know that it's for their best interest. We want them to be the best player they can possibly be, and we want to win hockey games. And so as opposed to an X and O's approach, to me, that's the basis of my philosophy. It's, it's personality-driven. It's relationship-driven. We certainly want to play a fast, tenacious style of hockey. It's a game played in a small area. Uh, it, you know, mistakes happen. Uh, we want to be a structured team that plays with freedom. And, you know, I do believe this team is capable of doing that. And for Mike, how much did the uh, BU connection to Dave factor in choosing him? <laughs> did you go to BU? I didn't even know that. <laughs> I mean, it didn't factor into the decision. I think it's just the, the cherry on top, trying to get some more some more terriers out west. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it, um, but it, didn't, it didn't factor into it. I mean, I, David came down to it that, that David was the best candidate for the job. Some questions on uh, Zoom for some of the media members that uh, weren't able to participate here in person. So, Dylan, I'll turn it over to you. From Neil Boudet with the New York Times. There are a lot of Boston University connections here, including the ties and experience both Mike and David have had working with Chris Drury. Can Mike and David comment on those ties and how they brought them together with the Sharks? And how well have the two known each other before this coaching position opened up? There's a lot. <laughs> Do you want to start with the first one? <laughs> um, well, I, I'll, I'll answer a little bit, and then I think maybe Quinny can speak on it. Um, you know, I think we all kind of came together. We were uh, I think Jack Parker is kind of the, the tie that binds us all together. Um, you know, the program has got a lot of history, and we all enjoyed playing there. And we'd go back in the summers, whether it's at golf tournaments or, or working out. I know when Quinny was coaching there, I, I needed to get out of the house sometimes and <laughs> get a workout in, so I'd go down to school. And he was kind enough to kind of talk hockey with me and let me pick his brain. So I just think the, the BU com uh, community is, is very tight and we all love the school and are proud of the program and and I think that just kind of leads to, to us everyone having having good relationships together. I mean our, our relationship actually started, I was actually coaching Northeastern when Mike was playing at BU and obviously we saw a lot of each other then but as Mike alluded to uh, you know when I was an assistant coach there and a head coach there BU would have a lot of summer skates 
and I got to know Mike better there. Uh, my wife carries a BU girl. His wife's a BU. Anne's a BU girl. So it runs deeper than the uh, coaching staff. <laughs> uh, for David, how will your time coaching in the NCAA help the young up-and-coming players like Eklund, Bortolo, and Weisblatt? Well, I think every coach draws from their experiences, and I've been very fortunate to coach at a bunch of different levels, whether it be the U.S. National Program in Ann Arbor, Michigan, coaching 16- and 17-year-olds. Uh, obviously, my background started in the collegiate level. Um, and, I, you know, I think that it certainly helps when you have a connection to the youth, uh, understanding what players of that age are going through, not only uh, professionally, but also personally. You know, a 22-year-old NHLer isn't immune to the other challenges of a 22-year-old who's not playing in the National Hockey League, and I think it's important for the coach and people in the organization to realize that. And But I think without question, you know, those experiences have helped me uh, to deal with younger players. And then for David again, how much pressure to win is there now to have with the championship Warriors as your fellow Barrios sports franchise measuring stick? Well, there's pressure all the time. Nobody puts more pressure on themselves than coaches and general managers. And, you know, certainly congratulate the Warriors. But, uh, you know, I don't think that's going to put any extra pressure uh, on us, at least me personally. I put enough pressure on myself. I know Mike holds his standards pretty high. So uh, we certainly congratulate the Warriors. I'm happy for them. But, you know, I think uh, our level of our standards and our expectations don't change. And then this is for either. There's new leadership in Mike Greer and Dave Quinn. Has there been discussion yet about potential new leadership or leadership changes among the uh, players with the captains and alternates? Uh, no, there hasn't. No. And last one we have here. Uh, this is for David. In working with the Barracuda, how will you help judge whether a player in the AHL has, earned a, has earned a roster spot in the, with the NHL team? Well, to me... It, you know, the beauty of our situation is I think uh, John McCarthy, our coach, uh, uh, he, he played for me at BU when I was the associate head coach from 2004 to 2009. John and I had continued a relationship after that. Uh, there couldn't be a better guy coaching our American Hockey League team. So the fact that he and I have a previous relationship, an awful lot of respect for each other personally and professionally, I think will make our relationship with the Barracudas uh, unique and um, so obviously our communication will be consistent. Uh, it'll be often, and there'll be no surprises in what's going on with our American Hockey League team. So any decision we make will be well thought out and well informed. From Corey Massasak with The Athletic, are there, for David, are there certain aspects of the way your team's played for the Rangers that you'd like to change? Also, what parts of how, how they played do you want to remain the same? Well, I think with the Rangers, and again, you, you have to coach the team you have. So, and I used to say this when I was with the Rangers, you know, I wouldn't coach the New York Islanders the same way I coach the New York Rangers because we were just completely differently built. And, you know, there are things that from a coaching standpoint, you have standards and you have coaching DNA, I like to call it, that will never change. But I also think you have to have adaptability with the roster that you have. So... You know, there are certain things that we're going to demand that we did with the Rangers that we will demand here, but there may be a little bit of different approach in some of the things that we do or don't do based on our personnel. Uh, question for Mike. Mike, you mentioned that you're in your own press conference here three weeks ago that you might have to take a step back in order to go forward. 
Um, you have your coach now. You, you have filled out the roster f- for the most part here. Do you still feel that this, maybe this team has to take a step back in order to take a step forward, or have your expectations changed a little bit? Um, I don't know if the expectation have changed. I think I'm a competitive person. David's a competitive person, and we're going to go out and try and win every game, um, and it, it, we'll just kind of see where we land as far as, as the conference. It's a tough conference. There's a lot of good teams out there, so... We're going to push and try and make the playoffs. If we don't, um, we know we're going to – we'll have been competitive all season long in every game, and the team will have put in an effort that we can be proud of. And if we're not quite there yet, we're not quite yet, there yet. Um, but, you know, the goal is to, to win every night, to be as competitive as we can, and, you know, uh, kind of let the chips fall where they may. But, you know, we're going to put the best product we can on the ice and, and play hard every single night. Question for David. You know, the Sharks were the, I believe, you know, third last in the NHL last year in, in goal scoring. You mentioned, you know, if everyone just gives a little bit more, if everyone produces a little bit more, you can try to overcome that. But how do you get some of the top players on this team and you know, some of the other players on this team to just produce a little bit more offense to, to get there, I guess? Well, it, you know, to me, I've always been in a position where I think there are things you can do. Obviously, a lot of scoring is talent-driven, but I also think there are things from a structural standpoint and a coaching standpoint you can do to have your players be more productive offensively. And that's something that, you know, I think we can help guide our team in doing, be more productive offensively, put ourselves in a better position to create offense. Uh, you know, I've always said, I don't know if there is a more effort-driven sport than hockey. It's played in a very small area. It's very fast. Uh, effort can overcome a lot. And I think if you want to be more productive offensively, part of it is effort-driven, but there are also things you can do tactically that can put your team in a better position to be productive offensively, and that's something that we will uh, part of our coaching philosophy. Go back to Shane. David, uh, there's a, a perception that in New York you were uh, particularly tough on your younger players. Like, can you just speak to uh, just that perception and also what you learned uh, from? It, it was a, you know, they, it was said to be a rebuilding situation there, and so not so here. But uh, what you learned from that situation that you can apply here? Well, I'm gonna be honest. With you, that's the first I've ever heard that. I've coached a lot of young players, so. Um... You know, I think if you want people to be better, you're going to be demanding but fair, and that's kind of always something that I've tried to approach my philosophy with, be demanding but fair. Um, You know, I think back to my days at BU, uh, I thought it went, it was a right approach, and you look at the history of the players we had at BU and how they would leave BU and go play in the National Hockey League, and, you know, it was a similar approach in New York. So, I mean, to me, if we're doing our job and I'm doing our job, you have to be demanding. I mean, that's just, this isn't easy. This isn't an easy sport. And, you know, I always kind of jokingly say coaching, and at the end of the day, coaches are human nature fighters. You've got to ask people to fight human nature. And, you know, when you get 18, 19-year-old players, they are set in their ways. And, you know, the things that they, they have done to get to the point that they're at aren't going to necessarily be the things they're going to be able to do to continue to have success. So it's our job as coaches to let them realize that. And, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit shocking when you're asking them to do things they've never been asked to do before. So, you know, uh, like I said, I, I want to be demanding, but I also want to be fair, and our players, I think, will feel that. And uh, Mike, uh, one... Not Shang, too. I think it's um, whether you're 
an 18-year-old kid in the league or you've been in your 35-year-old? Like, accountability is for everyone. When you're in the dressing room as a player, you know it if someone's not being held to the same standard as everyone else, right? So, like you said, he's demanding but fair. So some of the stuff that's out there about the Rangers stuff, I don't think is fair in that regard. Um, I think you look at the year Kako had his first year, I think he maybe had six, 15 or 16 goals, which is pretty good for an 18-year-old kid, right? And it's not your typical situation, the Rangers. A lot of these kids who get dropped in who are first or second overall picks are going to really bad teams. They got dropped into situations with Panarin, Kreider, Sabinajad. So their ice time and their power play stuff all had to be earned. They weren't given first-line opportunities like, like a lot of kids who are, who are first and second overall picks. So I think David did a really good job handling that and keeping everyone accountable and keeping his dressing room intact. If he's just started giving Kako and Laugh first-line shifts and power play shift without them earning it, the Kreiders and the Zabinijads of the world would not have been happy with him. So I think he handled the situation of young players as well as he could have. And, uh, Mike, I also wanted to ask, too, uh, listening to you a uh, couple weeks ago and David just now, seems like your uh, philosophies of, uh, for a team are very much aligned in terms of that tenacious, uh, fast style. So is, was that a very large factor, too, in choosing David? Uh, just naturally, you know, your philosophies are just kind of seem very much in sync. Yes, for sure. I think um, it was a big factor when we went through the process of how I – see the game and how he sees the game they kind of mesh well um, it's not to say that we won't push and challenge each other if we see things differently um, to help us get better and move forward but it's definitely a part of it and like I said earlier when you watch the Stanley Cup playoffs you, you kind of see what wins and what takes to win in this league and and Quinny's been through it before with the Rangers so I think he has a good sense of what wins in this league and how you have to play so it definitely uh, kind of lined up our visions kind of lined up together I mean, Mike, you know, when I was coaching at BU, like Mike alluded to, we spent a lot of time at BU and watched practices. We talked before practice, after practice. Um, so, you know, I just think instinctively we do see the game in a very similar way. And we have the same level of expectations. Like you said, there'll be respectful disagreements like there are with everybody in hockey. Hockey's a very subjective game. But, um, you know, I think what makes this situation unique is we had a high level of familiarity with each other, but, you know, I feel very good that I went through the process and obviously other people felt that way as well. So that, that to me, that, that bodes well for the Sharks. We have one more in the back. Hi, Rochelle Romero, NBC Sports, um, California. Welcome to the Bay, Coach. Thank you. Have you been able to talk to any players and how has their reception been? I have had a couple of text exchanges uh, with some players. I have not talked to anyone yet, and uh, I'm sure uh, over the next few days I'll get a chance to talk to most of them. If not, all of them is my goal, so I will be certainly reaching out to all of them. Thank you. Okay, that will conclude our Q&A session. Uh, at this time, I would like to ask Mike Greer to present David with his new team's jersey for a photo opportunity. If there's any photographers, uh, feel free to come up to the front. The new head coach of the San Jose Sharks, David Quinn, taking a couple of photos here, posing with a San Jose Sharks jersey, a teal jersey, with his nameplate, Quinn, number 22, just like Mike Greer did a few weeks ago when he was named general manager of the San Jose Sharks. Just a big, big day uh, for the organization. 
some photo ops, some other things coming up, and we will have some reactions as well. As Mike Greer, the general manager of the San Jose Sharks, will be joining us in a few moments. We'll also talk to David Quinn himself in an exclusive interview with the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Back in a moment after this. Unlock an easier way to schedule your team of all-star employees. No spreadsheets, no hassle when team members want to swap shifts. And fast substitutions when staff call out sick. With Deputy, it's simple and lightning fast to create and share employee schedules. It's how over 250,000 workplaces are making life easier. From restaurants to retailers, to hotels and healthcare clinics. Ready to up your scheduling game? Go to deputy.com forward slash sharks. The world's best hockey is back in Prague. This time, the Czech crowd will welcome home their star, Tomas Hurdle and his San Jose Sharks. The Sharks will clash with the Nashville Predators, led by one of the league's best defensemen, Roman Yossi. Don't miss the NHL Global Series 2022, live from the O2 Arena. Tickets for this game on sale now via LiveNation.cz. The Hilton San Jose is the preferred hotel of the San Jose Sharks and SAP Center in San Jose. Experience something new. Close to home or from across the world, the Hilton San Jose is there for you with memorable offers and experiences. Enjoy the brand new guest rooms with luxurious Waldorf Astoria beds and upgraded amenities. We're committed to creating a safe and relaxing experience, including delivering an even cleaner stay from check-in to check-out. Visit sanjose.hilton.com now to make your reservation. We are Hilton. We are hospitality. Timo Meyer gets his first of the year and a fist pump. It's everything Sharks hockey in one place. The crowd is on its feet and check out the Sharks bench. They're into it too. It's the Sharks Audio Network, a 24-7 streaming audio platform dedicated to Sharks hockey and the destination to listen to Sharks games. You can find the Sharks Audio Network on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and at sjsharks.com slash listen. Download the app today to listen to Sharks hockey plus unique Sharks content all day long on the Sharks Audio Network. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. Back here at SAP Center at San Jose, I'm Dan Rusinowski. The news conference has concluded, and in a few moments we'll be going back to have a chat with Mike Greer, who's going to be stepping over uh, to our broadcast location just to the right of where the news conference was held. But this is always really a, a, a very, very big day uh, for any organization. David Quinn, named head coach of the New York Rangers in May of 2018 and was the coach of that team for three seasons. And obviously, that team compiled a 97-87-25 and 25 record, over 500. And indeed, we have uh, lots of opportunities to chat with him on our coach's chalkboard coming up. Right now, let's talk to the boss, the general manager of the San Jose Sharks, Mike Greer, joining us live on the Sharks Audio Network. Mike, hiring a head coach is, is always a very big day for an organization. Uh, give us your thoughts as, as uh, to the opportunity you guys have to work together to get the Sharks where they need to be. Yeah, it's a very exciting day for, for the organization and for myself. I'm very excited and looking forward to working with David. I think, uh, I think Quinny was you know going through the process. We At the end of the day, we just felt... He's he stood out above everyone else, and he's the he's the right guy to to lead this group and and get things turned around here. He's been through a lot in his life. A lot of people don't realize that he missed three seasons because of a, a blood disorder, a hemophilia, a rare disease that that he had that he had to get to medical treatment for. It seems that fighting through things like that uh, uh, builds your character to do what he needs to do. 
Yeah, for sure. I think it's uh, you have to go through adversity. It just makes you a better person and builds your character. And, you know, he's grinded his way up. Everything he's got is, is earned. You know, he turned the, the negative of his playing career inning into a positive getting into the coaching. And with Jack Parker and Ben Smith at Northeastern, and then he, he took a new program at Nebraska-Omaha, um, the challenge of the development program when that was just getting started and then coaching in the minors then you know everyone talks about the rangers as a you know it's a storied franchise but he walked in there right right after they sent a letter out to their 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 season ticket holders saying they're going to tear it down so um I think his character has always shown through. One of the things that also has always shown through is his ability to communicate, not only with the people in the media, with broadcasters, with writers, but also with his players. Is that one of the, the, his best qualities that, that made you make this decision? Um, 100%, I think. That was communication was one of the biggest things that I was looking for going through this process. Um, players today are different, even from when I was playing, you know, a lot of times it was my way or the highway with the coach. Nowadays, players, they want to know why. So you have to be able to be a strong communicator, tell them, you know, the reasoning by, behind the decisions you made, and then they'll, they'll buy in much easier. So communication was definitely one of the, the, the prime things I was looking for. And, of course, the flip side of that, too, is the player has to, in, deep down in his heart, even when the message isn't as good, that the coach believes in him, and it seems like that's one of his great strengths. Yeah, he's he's a very uh, personable guy. He's caring. I think he he really cares for all of his players, and I I've always believed that if you invest in people and invest in players, that and if the players know that you have their best interest at heart and you're trying to make them the best version of themselves they can be, that you can tell them bad bad news and things they don't want to hear but they know it's coming from a good place or they're definitely more accepting of it we're talking to general manager mike greer of the san jose sharks today the sharks hired david quinn as the 10th head coach in the history of the franchise one thing that he mentioned in his remarks was he, he has a structure to the way he wants his team to play but he also has a degree of freedom that he gives his players to be creative would you say that uh, uh, that that's sort of the relationship that you want to have with your coaches as well to uh, maybe have a structure with the way that you want them to, to play and coach but to also have that degree of freedom yeah i would say that's accurate i mean having coached in the league i think i you know you don't want too many things shoved down your throat so um you know i'll definitely maybe make suggestions or or we'll have conversations about certain things but at the end of the day he's the coach um he's got to live with how the team's playing and what they're doing i i mean his name's kind of on the success of the teams wins and loss wise so you know we'll make suggestions but definitely he'll have the freedom to make lineup decisions and and uh you know who's playing where who's playing with who all that stuff is is up to him and i'll fully support him on all that stuff you've made a lot of big decisions in the last couple of weeks brent burns traded to the carolina hurricanes luke cunnan signed to a contract uh, stephen lawrence also whom you acquired to sign to a contract and a couple of others how's it been going yeah it's been busy but um you know i've enjoyed it it's uh you know the guys that we've bought in i think we're as a staff we're extremely happy with i think they'll be a big part of kind of turning the culture around and getting the standard back up and you know what when he talked about today being a team that's hard to play against so the guys that we brought in um they fit the age profile we were looking for and some of the hardness that we were looking for so um i'm happy with things how they've gone you know trading brent wasn't an easy thing he's an icon here who's you know, loved it here, but 
you know, it's something I under, I understood kind of needed to be done. And, and from Brent's side, he, you know, he wanted a chance to win the cup. And, you know, we're not quite at that level yet. So I think he'll get that opportunity in Carolina. So, um, you know, I'm happy, happy for him in that regard. And obviously we're looking forward to continued developments. So next step, obviously, for David Quinn is to put together a staff. Uh, how far along are you guys with that? Um, I mean, hopefully he can kind of wrap maybe wrap it up by the end of the week I think this time of the year it's it's tough because you know a lot of the coaches who were out of work are have been hired already so we're kind of late to the party in that regard so um, I think he's got some guys that he likes and that he's he's talking with and hopefully we can uh, get those guys under under contract shortly and he can get a staff and they can start putting their plan together. And of course John McCarthy has already hired a couple of assistant coaches. I know that uh, John McCarthy and Quinney go back a long way and uh, that goes back to Boston University for all of you to some degree but uh, the, the level of communication that's necessary with the American Hockey League where this franchise is has got to be a priority isn't it? Yeah I think um, you know the whole player development element is is really gonna is really a priority for me and something that's very important to me and and that we're gonna need as we build this thing along and we're in the unique position to have the Barracuda basically in our backyard so we can watch all their games pretty easily we can watch their practices and and I think the fact that Quinny and and, and Johnny are, have a good relationship will only help so I think the the lines of communication will be open and we need them to be open and we need to be able to on it be honest about our assessment of our young players what they need and where they're going so um yeah i think it's a it's a luxury that we're very fortunate to have to have the t two teams so close together and have both head coaches have a, already have a good personal role it's an exciting day for the organization mike thanks a lot for joining us today All right. thanks Dan. anytime that's Mike Greer of the San Jose Sharks, general manager of the hockey club. Today, the Sharks announced that David Quinn was named the head coach, the 10th in the history of the San Jose Sharks. When we come back, we will have an exclusive conversation with David Quinn. That's next on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. When you hear coordinated care, what do you imagine? Nurses going viral for their dance routine? <laughs> Not here. At Kaiser Permanente, coordinated care has nothing to do with dancing and everything to do with quality and convenience. With Kaiser Permanente, you don't have to worry about getting your records sent from place to place because our electronic medical records seamlessly connect all of your doctors, nurses, and specialists. It's so easy, you might do your happy dance. Kaiser Permanente, tomorrow's health care today. Learn more at kp.org thrive. Hey Sharks fans, are you planning to move in the near future? Look no further than SM Moving Systems. SM Moving has been a family-owned business for four generations. Whether it is a residential move or commercial move for your business, SM Moving can manage all the logistics and planning for local, long-distance, even international moves. We are proud to be the preferred moving company of the San Jose Sharks. To request a quote for your next move, go to smmoving.com. SM Moving Systems. Quality in every move we make. He scores! The San Jose Sharks Audio Network is on 24 hours a day. Whether you're in the office or on the go, make sure that you download the Sharks SAP Center app presented by Western Digital and hit listen anytime. You can also find us on your computer by going to sjsharks.com slash listen. If it's a game broadcast, breaking news, or a player feature, the place to find it is right here on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. 
It's my great pleasure to welcome the 10th coach in the history of the San Jose Sharks, David Quinn, to the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. And first of all, Quinny, congratulations on the opportunity that you have coming out to the West Coast. Just your initial thoughts on, on what's about to happen. Well, just really excited. Obviously, there's been a long tradition here of uh, a high standard of excellence. And, you know, when uh, Mike called me and asked me my interest in the job, uh, it certainly was something I was very excited about. And, you know, to be able to come out here and you know, at this time in particular where you know this organization has had so much success and I think the last three years have been a little bit of byproduct of all the success they had for so long and but I think Mike's made some real good moves here in the first few weeks as general manager and has put us in a pretty good position to get back on track. Well you're an ideal person to have the qualifications to be where the Sharks are right now working with the team that's on its way up again you did that with the New York Rangers you've done that in your coaching career how do you assess the challenge that you have? Um, similar to all the other challenges that I've been fortunate enough to take on, uh, you know, there's some real good players here. Uh, like I said, Mike has made some good additions here over the last few weeks. Uh, you know, at the trade deadline last year, the Sharks only four points out of a playoff spot. So uh, this certainly isn't a rebuild. It's a little bit of a retool in a lot of ways. and. Uh, I'm just excited about getting going. I remember the games that you were coaching the Rangers against the Sharks. There were always very intense contests, and I suspect that you have a lot of thoughts on having a captain like Logan Couture, a player like Timo Meyer, somebody like Eric Carlson on the roster. Yeah, and that's what makes this situation so attractive because with players like that and guys that, you know, with their makeup, uh, that gives us a chance every single night. And, you know, it's certainly going to be a lot more fun coaching them than coaching against them, that's for sure. And. You know, when you've got that type of talent with those types of people, you give yourself a chance to win every night. You're a native New Englander. You're from Rhode Island, and obviously coming to the West Coast is a life change, certainly. But what have your impressions of San Jose been over the years? Well, it's the one thing that jumps out at me is the passionate fan base that we have here in, in San Jose. I remember when I uh, first took the Ranger job, you're talking to people in the league, people would actually mention to me, wait till you get to San Jose and experience that as an opposing coach. And uh, really is one of the most enthusiastic, passionate fan bases that we would face going on the road. And, you know, for us, uh, you know, it's an exciting opportunity for all of us as, uh, in this organization to play behind such a fan base. You've had a very interesting life because you were a first-round draft pick of a hockey team in the National Hockey League and never got to the NHL because of a serious blood disorder that you had to deal with. You went to the U.S. Olympic team for a little bit, but obviously that had to be a challenge in your life that, uh, that affects you to this day. First of all, tell us, tell us what is the effect to this day and also how it's changed your perspective on life and coaching. Yeah, I'm very lucky, obviously, being a hemophiliac and the medical advancements that have happened over the last 30-plus years since I was diagnosed allowed me to live a normal life. Uh, it's really the reason I got into coaching when I was diagnosed with hemophilia as a 20-year-old, thinking I was going to play in the National Hockey League for a long time and have a career, trying to figure out what my next move was. I just thought it would be an incredible opportunity to do for some players what my coaches have done for me. And it really was the reason I got into coaching. And uh, I wouldn't change anything. The Sharks organization is loaded with people from Boston University now. You've got Mike Greer, general manager. You have John McCarthy, who's the head coach of the San Jose Barracuda. What about that influence on your life and Jack Parker and, and everything that's meant to, with the Terriers organization? Yeah, Jack was such a big part of my life, not only as a player, but as a coach. I, had the, I was lucky to play for a man coach with him, and then I replaced him as the head coach at Boston University. And, uh, 
You know, to me, Jack just understood what winning was all about. Uh, on top of doing everything he could to make his players better, it was all about the team, and everybody bought into BU hockey, and, uh, and, and to me, that was why we were able to have the sustained success we've had and why you see so many BU guys go on and have successful careers in, in pro hockey. Also, you understand what it means to be a coach in the American Hockey League, and John McCarthy has a big job, obviously, in the organization to develop some of the future prospects, have them ready for you with the San Jose Sharks. So what kind of communication do you expect to have with him, as you may have had with Chris Knobloch over in Hartford? A lot. I mean, John and I, we're fortunate we've got a pre-existing relationship. John played for me at BU, and we've certainly stayed in touch uh, since he graduated, and you know, I think you know this organization could not have picked a better person to be the head coach in the American Hockey League. He's incredibly passionate, incredibly knowledgeable, cares about his players, and you know, John and I talk frequently, regardless of our, our titles as hockey coaches. But I think it really will be a unique situation here in San Jose to have the relationship that John and I have as the head coach in the National Hockey League team and the American League team. You helped develop a Norris Trophy winner in Adam Fox with the Rangers. You have some very good young players in the San Jose Sharks organization. What's the most important thing you try to impart to get the young players to where they need to be? Well, all these guys are talented, and a lot of them can do things people can't do. And one of the things I think is important for players with that type of talent is they've got to be good at the, doing the things everybody can do. And to me, uh, it's a balancing act when you're coaching young players on what you allow and what you don't allow and mistakes are going to happen and you're going to have to let players play through some mistakes but there are certain things that you just can't allow and if your mistakes are effort driven uh, then that's something that you, you can't tolerate as a coach and our, certainly our young players and all our players will understand that. What's a David Quinn like hockey team? What's the ideal way that your team wants to play? A fast tenacious team that you know has some structure but also allows their players to play with freedom. I think that's important. Uh, it's a fast game. You have to play with structure but there also has to be freedom and you know you have to let your players play to a certain degree and our players will find that balance between playing in structure and playing with freedom. Have you had a chance to talk to any of the players yet? I have not. I've actually had some text exchanges uh, with a few of them but certainly after uh, this afternoon I'll be on the phone being in touch with all of our players. Well, we are really excited to have you in San Jose. Welcome to the organization and uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. David Quinn, the 10th head coach of the San Jose Sharks in an exclusive conversation with our Sharks Audio Network. When we come back, we'll talk to the assistant general manager of the Sharks, Joe Will, in just a moment. Hey, Sharks fans, are you planning to move in the near future? Look no further than SM Moving Systems. SM Moving has been a family owned business for four generations. Whether it is a residential move or commercial move for your business, SM Moving can manage all the logistics and planning for local, long distance, even international moves. We are proud to be the preferred moving company of the San Jose Sharks. To request a quote for your next move, go to smmoving.com. SM Moving Systems, quality in every move we make. You're listening to Sharks Hockey Digest on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. At SAP Center at San Jose, I'm Dan Rusinowski. Very big day for the organization. We've already spoken to the 10th head coach in the history of the San Jose Sharks, David Quinn, announced by the club today. We chatted with Mike Greer, the general manager, on the decision. And now we talk to the man who's always behind the scenes, assistant general manager Joe Will. Joe, every time that uh, the Sharks have an organizational change like this, there's always a little extra jump in everybody's step. I think people are particularly excited about David Quinn, though. Uh, absolutely. I mean, he's uh, right now has a link to Mike right off the bat and just bringing a couple, you know, good, energetic uh, uh, hockey people in here. It's uh, very exciting. 
What do you think that his experience with the New York Rangers will bring to this organization? Because he started with a team that was totally transforming itself, was part of that buildup. Now he gets a chance to go to another level with this club. Well, that's it. The experience that he learned from there at the Rangers, the good and bad, to, to come in and and uh, you know come into the situation here. I think it really uh, you know set it up for him to come and. and be able to uh, right now he's already reaching out to players and and you know setting expectations and everything else it's it's going to be very beneficial the one thing that i heard uh, from his opening remarks to the press here today was very interesting that he expects players to have a certain intensity and a certain structure but he also wants to give them a degree of freedom what do you think exactly he, you know it's all about accountability if you take care of a few very important things i think almost like non-negotiable type things then then just go play the game of hockey i mean hockey is and, uh, you know, you put the reins on too much and you hold back uh, uh, world-class players. And, and so it's just you have to make sure that they're, they're responsible in certain parts of the game. And after that, let them do their thing. How do you compare the search for a general manager that you just concluded a few weeks ago to the search for a head coach? I think it was very similar uh, in, in a sense. Uh, you know, coaches we've done a lot more often than we have with uh, general managers. But, uh, uh, you know, with Mike, it was just really to uh, align the philosophies. And, uh, you know, much like, uh, you know, Jonathan wanted to make sure that, that Mike was aligned with the philosophy of Hasso and everything else here, uh, you know, Mike wanted to make sure that, uh, um, uh, that David was really aligned with him. As somebody who is running things with the San Jose Barracuda as the general manager for that organization, you have to be particularly happy to hear David Quinn talk about the idea of having daily and intense communication with his head coach in the AHL. And he will. He's really a communicator. He, he reaches out. He's got a ton of energy. You know, he'll be talking to the development staff, talking to minor league coaches, his own coaches, the management staff, everything else. That's one thing with David is is he's he's very available, uh, very communicative, and and you know with with players and everybody else. So we're we're excited about that. And you got the the terrier uh, trifecta with uh, uh, you know the connection with uh, not only Mike and David but with John McCarthy as well. As well, and and of course this uh, goes all the way back to a guy that's been with the organization a long time, Tim Burke, who knows all of these people. To exceedingly well because they were operating in the same circles. Absolutely and, and Tim is very close with David and uh, you know, has nothing but great things to say about him has followed his coaching career all the way through and and that's actually myself. I, I have a little bit of history with David. Is is uh, I was with the North Stars back in the '80s, and and David was a selection of the the North Stars, and so I followed his career all the way through. Well, and people forget he was a first round draft pick of the Minnesota North Stars, very very highly thought of, and really sadly his career came to an end because of a rare form of hemophilia. I talked with him about that. He says that helped kind of galvanize his personality and his drive and his resolve to be the best that he could be. And the fact that that he's here is is really amazing an amazing tribute to technology absolutely he just adapted along the way and that was uh, that was really the key he just loved the game of hockey he found a way and uh, you know he's really uh, he's worked his way up too and and when you look at uh, uh, everything he's done along the way his uh, experience is, is uh, you know very helpful I always used to say when Wayne Thomas was with the organization one of his most valuable experiences was being on an NHL roster for a full season and not even playing a 
single game with the Montreal Canadiens. One year, he was the number three goaltender. They didn't reassign him to the AHL. All he did was practice, and yet he could understand what a young goaltender goes through when they're on their way up. David Quinn, similar thing. His playing career curtailed. He's worked at the college level. He's worked at the pro level. He was with the Colorado Avalanche for a season. Uh, after that, coached at BU, now with the New York Rangers, and, of course, now with the San Jose Sharks. All of those experiences help a, a person in their perspective, don't they? Absolutely. It's all about relatability. He can relate with uh, young players in a certain degree. He can relate with veteran players. He can relate with uh, people going through adversity, So and, uh, and of course, with, uh, with staff members. So, Again, he's got a lot of positive energy. He's got a, a, a lot of work ethic uh, uh, and, and just the way he plays the game. I want to talk about John McCarthy's assistant coaches. They were just named a few days ago. Give us a, a kind of a rundown as to what they're going to bring to the table. Yeah, so uh, Louis Mass has uh, been in, in minor hockey for a long time. He also worked in the collegiate ranks a bit, and and uh, uh, he's a, a Bowling, Bowling Green uh, alum. And he uh, uh, really a, a technical uh defensive coach and he can work with our defensemen and and train them he was really uh really impressive in his interviews on on what he knows about uh, teaching defense and everything else there and we noticed when he was with the uh, everett silvertips in the western hockey league that uh, defensemen were always getting better there and that was really on his watch and when you go to kyle hagel uh, who came also from the western hockey league the seattle thunderbirds uh, you know, he came in and uh, he's a Princeton alum. Uh, he, he's coached at, at various ranks, played in the minor leagues as well, and, and very relatable. He's more of a, a kind of a you know in, intense, a, a whole different uh, uh, kind of complement to uh, to Louis Mass. So he's uh, they're just a little bit different personalities, which is going to help uh, uh, John McCarthy along the way. But they're they're very complementary to to uh, John. Would you say that that's sort of a blueprint for what David Quinn might be looking for when he assembles his staff? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's already talking to uh, potential uh, assistants, and it's really, I think he wants to get a, a degree of, of somebody with uh, relatability, NHL relatability, and and, uh, and maybe somebody else more of a, a tactician. So uh, that's generally what they'll do is, is you know, uh, not, not the same, not, not always uh, coaches that are like you, but really compliment uh, you and, and add in areas that you need. Roster is transforming in the last couple of weeks. Brent Burns traded the Carolina Hurricanes. That's the biggest news, I suppose, that was made. But a lot of uh, smaller bits of news have been happening these last couple of weeks. Just give us an assessment as to where you're at. Well, it's really about building internal competition. It's about you know, building, bringing in players that are, are going to play hard every night that if you know a young player comes in, it's not going to be easy. And that's the way it should be. It's not Nothing is given. Everything is earned. And come in, and and you have to you have to win the job from these hardworking players, and uh, and they're they're not just hardworking players; they're players with attributes. I mean, uh, uh, Luke Cunning, you know, it, it should be a twenty goal scorer uh, within there. He's he's trending to there. Uh, Nico Sturm has played uh, you know a lot of very critical defensive minutes, uh, not only in Minnesota but with a, a stacked team in in Colorado. Stephen Lorenz uh, was really. A uh, huge part of a Calder Cup team uh, in Charlotte, and uh, uh, and and you look at uh, uh, Oscar Lindblom coming back, and and was one of the the best trending rookies, uh, you know, with with Philadelphia. 
you look at uh, uh, Nutavara, who uh, just he needs to get healthy again, which I, I believe solid he is. Solid Very solid. And, and uh, uh, so he, he was really on a, a right path, too, uh, there. And then uh, uh, you look at uh, Matt Benning, who is just a, a solid journeyman. So, you know, those six people, along with, you know, at the end of the year getting uh, – uh, Kapanen in there, and then the growth of some of the younger players, and then adding to that through a pretty deep draft this year. It's it's we've added in depth, we've added in internal competition, and uh, lots more options. Well, also in the depth or, uh, part of the organization, you've added Max Verano, and you've also added Strauss Mann, the goaltender Mann, and a forward Verano who played against the Sharks with the Ottawa Senators a couple of years ago. Two of the more highly sought after players that were free agents from Europe, correct? Yes, absolutely. With uh, with Max, uh, I, I love the story because he was, uh, you know, probably the, the most uh, sought-after free agent in uh, um, back when he was at Princeton, and, and he played very well, and teams were offering him, you know, to, to go right on their teams there, and maybe it was a little too much at the time, and it didn't go all that well in Ottawa, but instead of Max, you know, with his Princeton degree and, and just playing there, oh, I gave it a shot, Max said, you know what, I'm going to bear down, I'm going to figure this out, and he went over to Sweden, and it's a great story for a couple of years. He had a, he had a good year a couple of years ago, and then this past year, uh, he ended up being the MVP of the league and leading goal scorer, and so, uh, you you know he's he's coming back he's hungry uh we've talked to him about that he you know he's a right shot he can skate he can score and he's he's kind of what we need he's got a little bit of size to him so uh, but we're very excited about Max and with Strauss. Strauss was a little bit older than the other guys at development camp. He's incredibly professional, uh, and his work ethic is off the chart. And that's one thing you see with Strauss Mann. And that's how he was so competitive at the Olympics and playing for Team USA. Uh, and, and David knows him as well, and uh, as does Mike. So, you know, a, a couple other, uh, you know, boosts to our lineup. Right. David coached Strauss Mann, obviously. But uh, one thing that uh, somebody else said about him, that was Thomas Bordel from Michigan, he said that the word to describe Strauss Mann is dialed. Uh, that he's just dialed in. And that, that seems to be a really good characteristic to have if you're a goaltender. Yeah, he really is. He, he's dialed in, and, and that's uh, the, the one thing that's really his competitiveness, I think, is his number one asset. And so, um, you know, and he's, and he's highly athletic. And so you take him along with the other uh, goaltending acquisitions that we got with uh, McAdamey uh, getting Dell, uh, uh, you know, in there as well, and along with the three goaltenders that we have up top. You know, things are a little bit different now. And then uh, uh, drafting Mason Bullpit along with uh, uh, Benjamin Gaudreau, you know, the prospect pipeline, our, our, our goaltender. Uh, is a little bit deeper today. Right, that's interesting. You know, you look at Goudreau, who's a really good prospect. Bo Pitt is kind of an under-the-radar guy because he didn't play for a team that was very successful, yet when he goes to the big top prospects game, he stood on his head and he looked outstanding. Yeah, it's that's what we're seeing a lot, especially in junior hockey this year. Is that it's uh, there's there's kind of have and have nots amongst teams. There's not a lot of teams right in the middle. So, and and that translates to uh, statistics. Uh, that that's why you got to be really careful with junior statistics because you'll see some just off the charts. But the team, you know, the the goaltenders don't face any shots as opposed to uh, you know in in Mason's case, he's he's peppered all the time. And as as Benjamin Gaudreau, uh, same thing. And and uh, but you know. 
he uh, he had a uh, development camp, a good development camp time with Nabby, and and now it's just time to go back and learn his craft. Bit of a housekeeping question for you. It was announced that uh, Sasha Shimodievsky is going to go to the KHL with Ufa this season. Um, I know that he was a restricted free agent. I suspect that you the team retains the rights to him in the NHL. How does that all work? We do. We issued a qualifying offer, which he did not accept that qualifying offer. So after that point, he still could sign with us at any time. I don't know what his contract is there, if he has any outs. But, I mean, technically, uh, you can still sign the player. But uh, it's, it's a good thing. He can go and develop this year, and then uh, we retain his rights. And then uh, any time in the future, he could just sign with us. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's good to be able to retain his rights. Realistically, it's not all that different than William Eklund going back to Sweden for a year, is it? Absolutely. And it, and it creates a, a contract uh, uh, space. We, we have a 50-man reserve list, and, and his contract, since, since he doesn't have one, it won't go against that. So, uh, you know, at that point in time, our contract counts a little bit lower, and, and we may be able to use it for somebody else. What's another update you have on some of the other guys you have to clean up over the summer? I know that uh, you've gone through some arbitration discussions with some team, some guys. You've signed guys to contracts before that hearing came up. But uh, what else is on the on the plate for the Sharks organization? Yeah, we have uh, Noah Gregor we're talking about and, you know, just uh, looking at options, uh, you know, short term or a little bit longer, uh, uh, Jonah Gadjevich. Uh, so we, we have a few players left there and then uh, uh, maybe a few positions of, of depth. Uh, we might be looking for another defenseman, uh, you know, that's it's kind of a swing, swing player there. And uh, just monitoring, I think uh, uh, injury-wise, I think everybody's good, uh, you, but you watch that throughout the summer. If somebody's not, then, then maybe try and go out and get somebody. But uh, uh, Nikolai Kanishov is, is working out every day. He's looking good, so I'm excited about that. He hasn't played for a while, so we'll have to get him up and going in, in you know, high-pressure uh, situations again but he he certainly looks good working out he's pain free everything else that was just kind of a uh, freakishly long type of of thing last year and uh uh, but getting him back is going to – we missed him last year. We missed him a lot. That we did. And uh, big news today, of course, the 10th head coach in the history of the franchise is David Quinn. Final thoughts on the meaning of that to the franchise and looking ahead. It just uh, we're, we're just so pleased at, at, at having David because it, it really is – is the next step after after getting Mike in place and you get David in place? We we still, um, you know, we got the big pieces there, and and now it's just about getting ready for the season, uh, knowing that uh, people are going to be accountable, that you have to just compete harder, um, that we're going to try and find a way. As he said, you know, the formula is not that hard. Just get everybody to play a little bit better, to buy in, stay healthy. Uh, you could be a competitive team. You could be right in the race at all times, and that's what we want to be, and and just be in this race and and try and win hockey games every night. And it's that's that's a it's a it's a simple formula. And over time, you know, we'll we'll take care of things. We'll take care of of, of getting players and and getting some more talent. It, it takes time through drafting. It takes time through through some trades and free agent acquisitions and that. And and just but just keep improving a little bit at a time on there. Um, we're also looking right now at, at improving in scouting and development in there. We're looking at bolstering our player development and, and probably separating our pro and amateur scouting a little bit and, and adding a little bit to that. Uh, we're looking at uh, building in analytics a little bit, uh, uh, performance uh, psychology, mental skills, things like that. So uh, Mike has a plan that has a lot of these different areas, and, and I'm excited. It's going to help us. Joe, thanks a lot for your time. Great day for the organization. Sure is. Thanks, Dan. That's Joe Will, Assistant General Manager of the San Jose Sharks. That's it for our coverage today. I'm Dan Rusinowski. Thanks for being with us.
You've been listening to Sharks Hockey Digest. This has been a presentation of the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.